Welcome to Adam for Baseball, a fantasy baseball podcast. Um, my name is Adam, and uh, it's blue skies, sunshine out right now here in West Central Minnesota. But it's not going to last. We're supposed to get a net. We're in uh, this afternoon starts another winter storm warning. They've already canceled a lot of school today. Sent kids home. Canceled school for tomorrow. So, you know, spring training and the PGA Tour are really the only things that I see that show nice weather live. And it's the thing that I live vicariously through is, is those green, green grass areas, birds singing, people cheering. So... Spring trainings do begin Friday. Today's Wednesday, the 22nd of February. So, uh, yeah, Friday, there's two games, I believe. Saturday, pretty much full swing for everyone. Um, you want to keep an eye on the health of your players. Um, the younger players, especially, that are kind of maybe trying to crack the roster that you're interested in. See how they're doing, seeing how how they kind of adjust to some more higher level baseball. There's a chance that a lot of them, even if they play well, will just get sent to minor league camp after a few days. It's kind of how it goes. You have those teams that are looking at a lot of different positions, and they have a lot of position battles. Not usually going to be with your you know, larger market teams that doesn't happen as much because they just sign a free agent to fill that space instead of having it battle out in spring training. Um, more the mid-tier teams, low, you know, especially the the small market teams, a lot of that happens. And it is a very, I think uh, as a Twins fan growing up and still Twins fan, having those position battles was one of the most exciting things for, oh my goodness. Even when they had this young Justin Morneau come up, like, ooh, who's this guy? This guy can really, really hit the ball. And then when they did call him up, hit two of the longest home runs I've seen a Twins player hit ever. So he uh, ended up being all right. Ended up being pretty good. So, um, yeah, really, it, whether you're in a dynasty, especially a dynasty right now, you, you're looking to um, either find some new blood or find someone who's emerging that has been in the league for a while that's getting an opportunity now and maybe be able to pick them up. Or you have people that have been in positions that you'd been stashing them and then now maybe they're starting to break out. I can tell you... You got a guy like Julio Rodriguez who the other day mashed a home run to left field. I can't remember who off of, I think Campbell, but I think he was down 0-2 <laughs> and that guy just didn't get the breaking ball down and Julio made him pay really quick, really quick to the ball, so... Some really exciting stuff there if you're a Mariners fan or if you have Julio on your team. Um, 
last week, we kind of talked about setting up a game plan for the draft and then for what you want your team to be, what some of the things are that you're looking for, you know, in the draft, certain certain players, certain um, value spots, right? So you're, you're looking to scratch the surface on, on what, what value means to you. And I even, of course, give you an example of what, what value looks like to me. I'll do that today as well. We talked about Dansby Swanson and Carlos Correa last week, two shortstops that are outside of the top 10 um, drafted shortstops in Yahoo. Um, a lot of what we talk about is going to be 12-team leagues. I'm in a league that's 12. I'm in a league that's 16. I'm in a league that's another one that's 12. So a lot of traditional default settings are usually 12 if you're in a competitive league. But 16, we'll kind of discuss some of that too. But um, that tons going on right now, MLB news-wise. Luke Voigt signed with the Brewers to a minor league deal. That feels like a steal. Feels like, like for a guy that can hit over 20 home runs in a season for you. Uh, I just don't, I just don't understand how that happens. And part of it makes me think that it, a little of it has to do with last year with the words he had for Eric Hosmer. And maybe that just was reason enough to where teams are like, Oh, well, we just don't want to have a guy who's going to call someone out for what he thinks is right and and I don't think Luke was was out of bounds but I don't know how to explain that minor league contract so uh, I mean unless you got a real good reason maybe he's just not as good as I think he is but come on I mean I, I just I really have a hard time buying that guy that can really hit like him and can play defense too is is only worth a minor league contract. So I hope he gets paid by somebody. But what do I know? <laughs> Donovan Solano uh, got signed by the Twins. Um, kind of a strange pickup. I don't mind it because I like depth. Um, he brings really steady all-around um, numbers and even some pop. Um, has had good OPS over the past four years. This is a guy who was signed, I think, when he was 16. You know, he was signed to, an, I think, an international deal. I think that's how that works. I can't remember what they were called back in, gosh, he's, what, 34 right now? Almost 20 years ago. What was it called in 2003? I don't know. Um, also, the Diamondbacks, I believe, are looking at extending Corbin Carroll. Um that's a cool deal. I like that. I like Corbin Carroll. Um, Darren Ruff apparently is dealing with some uh, some right wrist issues. That's not good. I don't think Darren Ruff is sitting on a lot of people's watch lists. But in bigger leagues where the pool is stretched out and where you're stashing depth, that can matter. And it can also matter for someone 
getting more playing time on that Giants team. I believe Darren Ruff's still with the Giants. Um, but yeah, a lot of live batting practice happening. You can go watch clips of guys hitting the ball off their teammates or getting struck out by their teammates. Um, but yeah, last week we talked about shortstops. Today I want to talk about second baseman. Now, second baseman, you can argue it's the second worst offensive position. Number one being catchers. Number three being third baseman. I think second base and third base kind of swap spots once in a while. Um, the thing about second baseman in Yahoo especially is position eligibility. Usually there's a lot of dual, triple, even quadruple um, position eligibility situations with second baseman. You have a lot of your utility guys play second base. Maybe that's their main position. Second base, you have to, I think that's the position you need to talk to yourself and be like, all right, in this game plan, who do I really want? Like, who, what's my goal? What am I trying to accomplish with this position? Now, shortstop, I believe, is one of the best offensive positions, just all-around positions. There's a reason their rookie cards early on, a lot of the initial releases through Bowman draft and stuff like that, a lot of shortstops get a lot of value because they're usually the best athletes, right? That's that's kind of the consensus. They can do everything well. You see there's a lot of shortstops that become great pitchers, you know, uh, a lot of shortstops that become eventually great third basemen down the road because they um, maybe lose a little bit of range up the middle. They end up putting them in third. Now, is that going to change with the shift rules going back to what it used to be? Might see guys stay at short a little longer than they used to. Might see people not get um, swapped out of that position as much because they don't have to play both sides of the infield now with shifting. Well, at least with the big shifts. There can still don't be don't be misled by the shifting rules changing. Obviously, you're not able to put rovers out there, do all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. They've been shifting infielders for a very long time. It's just that one day Joe Madden and that Rays team back in the day just started taking it to extreme levels based on what they were seeing for, um, you know, uh, tendencies, right? So then you have a guy like Ryan Howard who never is able to recover from extreme shifts once people start doing that to him. Is it going to help a guy like Joey Gallo? Is it going to help um, someone like a Kyle Schwarber? Does that help a Kyle Schwarber? I think it does. Now, how much? I don't know. The whole thing that you heard people say is like, well, just hit it the other way. Well, when people have thrown it on your hands all the time, it's kind of hard to do that. It's going to be really interesting to see. I, I, I don't know how much it's going to affect the numbers, but we'll see. But second baseman, let's get back to the task at hand. You, you, What I do is I want runs and stolen bases from my second baseman. I want guys that get 
at least 150 hits in a season. And maybe that's not as common as it used to be. You know, it used to be a really amazing season, like one of the best years in baseball is going to get 200 hits. That almost doesn't even happen anymore. But second base, I think, is proven to have tons of value because there's so many guys that are good hitters now in baseball all around the league at every position. For me to say that they're the second worst offensive position in, in baseball it sounds like an insult, and maybe it should be taken as one, but I don't think it is. I, I think it's just what's perceived, and I think it's it, it's it's more of what history tells us. But let's look at kind of the top ten. We're going to look at average draft position. Now, it's a little different. You know, they have ranks, so they have, you know, your second base one, two, three, and they have average draft position on Yahoo. That's what I'm going to pull from is just the Yahoo numbers. Um, I don't want to um, give you my own rankings really right now. I will tell you guys that I think are hilariously undervalued. Um, I don't think necessarily any of these players are overvalued. Um, Yahoo does have a fantasy plus option that you can get. um, Give it kind of just more information. They do have a deal that shows what, where um, diamond players and up are um, what average draft position is for them compared to the just the basic information they give you. I can tell you right now, there's not a whole lot of deviation from the top 10. Um, there are some players that aren't on the list that end up showing up on the list. When you switch to that, you have, see like late picks. It, it that's where it deviates. So like um, this list is what Oof, it's one, two. I mean, it's like it's supposed to be thirty players. Thirty players. I can obviously keep going and scroll over, but on the main page they do like a thirty-player deal. Now let's just talk about the top ten. <clears throat> Mookie Betts, Jose Altuve, Marcus Semyon, um, Ozzy Albies, Jazz Chisholm Jr., Tommy Edmond, Andres Jimenez, Gleyber Torres, Whit Merrifield, Max Muncy. That is a weird top 10. And big reason is because like I mentioned before, there's a lot of uh, multi-position eligibility for for this spot. In these top 30, how many do we got here that have multi, uh, multi-position? Mookie Betts, Marcus Semyon, Tommy Edmond, Andres Jimenez, um, Whit Merrifield, Max Muncy, Jake Cronenworth, DJ LeMayhew, Jeff McNeil, Brandon Drury, Tyro Estrada, Luis Arise, John Birdie, Cesar Hernandez, Gavin Lux, 
Adam Frazier, Nicky Lopez, Kevin Biggio. I think that's 18 players out of 30 have this multi-position eligibility. Brandon Drury having three, Tyra Strata three, John Birdie four. Whoo, baby. John Birdie, why wouldn't you want John Birdie in your dynasty league? He just does a lot of stuff well, and he can play second, third, short outfield. It's amazing. I love utility guys. But let's talk. Let's talk a little bit, a little bit about these top few picks and where they're being drafted. Now, the first second baseman, which I don't even think of him as a second baseman, is Mookie Betts. This is a guy also that has put on weight, I think about eight pounds of weight. He's looking to mash the ball a little bit more. He had issues with warning track power. Um, Obviously, he can still put it over the fence, but I think he wants to turn some of those home runs, some of those deep flies into home runs, which is a natural thing to want to do. Um, You see a few players, especially that kind of build, trying to put on a little more muscle. Uh, Mookie's a great player. He's being drafted late in the first round, about the eighth pick. Um, Second base, outfield eligibility. To be able to play an infield position and then have that opportunity for outfield eligibility for a guy is very, very valuable. Now, do I think Mookie is a first-round pick? Yes, because he's on the Dodgers. Yes, because he has usually Freddie Freeman hitting behind him. There's just something about it. Like, I, I... if I had the eighth pick and I took Mookie Betts, I think I'd be unhappy. And I think that might just be a personal thing. I, I just think there's things that worry me a little bit about taking him that early. I feel like there's a little bit better value to be had at the eighth pick. That's a debate that can be had for a very long time. I don't think you're ever going to get people to really agree on that one. He does a lot of things well. That's why he's a high pick. But as we go on this list, I'd argue some of these guys do it just about as well, and they're going in the 10th round. So second is Jose Altuve. I don't think there's a lot to be said there. Jose's generally a a pretty consistent player. Um, He's, you know, starting to get up there in age though, right? See what Jose is at right now. Jose is, oh, he's only 32. He's going to be 33 this year. But he debuted when he was 21, which is, what, the 17th youngest in Major League history, I think, according to... Baseball reference. Last year he hit 300. He's a career 307 hitter. Um, boy, I, I mean, he stole 18 bases, hit 28 home runs, 158 hits. That's a thing that I look for for my second baseman. So that part is 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 really good. Um, 
he's he's a very healthy player. He rarely very rarely lets you down. When he is struggling at the plate, though, there is a lot of times I feel like something nagging him. There's like a nagging injury. Um because most of these guys play with something, right? There's something going on. There's there's some sort of hurt they're they're experiencing. Um, most players go through something throughout the year. Um, but yeah, he's he's going around twenty seventh pick, so early third round. Um, I don't think I mind that. I mean, he's just second base eligible, but as a second baseman, he's going to be one of the best in the league. Every year on a good offense with a team that will contend. And so that means he's going to play. It has a track record of health and a track record of doing well. Career 307 hitter, I ain't snorting at that. I'm not going to tell you not to take him there. It's very good. He just, early third round, I'm not taking a second baseman. That's kind of the issue there. And if he had another position available, of eligibility, then maybe I'd consider taking them. It's just not part of my game plan. Is Jose a part of yours? I think a lot of people, a lot of times he just falls to people, right? There's rankings, there's preseason rankings by all these fantasy deals. It says, oh, this is where you would usually take Jose Altuve. That's why people are taking him there. I don't necessarily like him early third. I just know that I'm not taking him early third. If I have the, that would mean in snake, then that's coming back to the person who has right around fourth pick. So you take fourth pick overall, you go, uh, let's just say Julio Rodriguez. Then you take, um, you know, with your second pick, what is it? You have the, on snake, it'd be sorry. I shouldn't be trying to do the math right now. You can go sixteen, then back four. Ends up being a later pick. Let's just put it that way because I can't seem to remember it right now. I just don't think you want Jose Altuve, but that's just me. Sorry, I shouldn't be laboring on this. Uh, third is Marcus Simeon, averaging about thirty-two for average draft position. Uh, maybe. Maybe sneaks into end of third round, uh, middle of third round typically. This is not where I want to be with my third round pick either. In this situation, I'd take Jose over Marcus. Marcus has retained this high value because of his season with um, the Blue Jays and because of how good this team could potentially be in Arlington. Uh, he's second and shortstop eligible. He didn't hit a home run until May 28th last year. Now, will he struggle like that again this year? I don't think so. I think he'll hit a home run first week. Now, how will he be all season? I don't know. I feel like this is a a bad pick if you take him mid-third. I've, I, I would be like, no, 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 I don't know. I don't know. He seems like a... And now I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he has a great season. Was I loved him when he was with the with the A's, with this Texas team. He just doesn't fit right. But uh, 
Now, this is where second base gets interesting. You go from 8th, 27th, 32nd pick to now we're going to Ozzy Albies, the 4th second baseman. And he's being drafted 49th, pretty much. That means early 5th round. This is a guy that could be a batting champion. This is a guy who can basically do everything well. And he had a down year last year. And you're seeing it show up in the ADP more than a guy like Marcus Semyon. Now, I guess I don't remember Marcus's average draft position last year may have been higher because of that 45. Yeah, it probably was because of that 45 homers. But I would argue Marcus and Ozzy are same, the same. And so if you want to wait a couple rounds to take a second baseman, maybe it's Ozzy. But this next guy is the guy that I'd wait for, and that's Jazz Chisholm. And Jazz is fallen to 56, 58th. I think that's too late. I don't think that's that makes sense. Part of it is he plays for the Marlins. So not a lot of people know him that are maybe newer to fantasy baseball, are in casual leagues. Um He's a superstar. Now, can he stay healthy? That's the question. Right now, he has second base eligibility. I think he used to have second and short, but he's going to play center field this year. So you could steal an outfielder, a very talented outfielder. They made their offense better this offseason. They brought in Luis Arise. Really, I think this is the guy you don't sleep on. This is a guy you'll see me reach reach on, 100%. And I will not be embarrassed about it. He's also on the cover of the show. So take that with what you will. If I don't get Jazz, this next player, the number six second baseman in ADP and in Yahoo's rankings, falls to the 86th pick. And that's Tommy Edmond. He's on a great team. And he does the things I want a second baseman to do. Scores runs, steals bases. And he had a little bit of a down year last year. He also, I think, was hurt a little bit. So he had 577 at-bats, but I feel he played through injuries. 95 runs, 32 stolen bases. Beautiful. Yeah, he batted 265. I could really care less if, I mean, I'd love Tommy to be hitting around 290. I think St. Louis Cardinals fans want to be hitting around 290. He had a 6.4 war. That's like the same as Dansby Swanson. That's above, I think, Julio Rodriguez. Tommy does everything well. He only hit 13 homers last year, but he can hit 20. Tommy Edmond is the shortstop I'm looking for. He's going in, what, the seventh round. I think with that kind of position, the problem about seventh round, though, is where you start looking at, like, like oh, man, I need to take another short starting pitcher. I feel like that's where a lot of people end up unless you're big into taking starters early. Seventh round can be where you're like, oh my gosh, I just need to, I just need to take, uh, you know, Joe Ryan and get out of here. 
Now, I have no idea if Joe's falling the seventh round or what, but anyway, <laughs> Tommy Edmond, please keep an eye on him. Now, there's more. There's there's seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth picks, but I want to kind of go out of the top ten now because I wanted to get down to Jazz and Tommy. I think they're the guys you want to be looking for at second base, and you can go a long ways down here. I'm talking deep rounds. I'm talking like 13th round. Maybe even 14th round, there's a guy that right now is second base eligible, but I think he will be a different position, as he, especially with um, Ozzy being firmly in there. And that's Von Grissom. Von Grissom for the Atlanta Braves, he's going around, excuse me, 176, 170 right in there. So he's going, going way out of a lot of people's thoughts. He ends up just kind of popping up on – when you're late in those rounds and some people don't know where to pick, they're just taking the guy that's there and Vaughn's probably rated right around there, ranked right around there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on a good offense. Ron Washington, who's their third base coach, is talking about how he thinks he is the everyday shortstop, and that makes sense with Dansby Swanson gone. Please don't sleep on Vaughn Grissom. At least be considering him. Another second baseman to look at, DJ LeMayhew. He has first, second, and third eligibility. He's going about 170, 170 right in there. This guy's an amazing player. He does a lot of stuff well. Just needs to stay healthy this year. Uh, one more second baseman to keep an eye on before I sign off is, um, honestly, Nicky Lopez for the Royals. Now, maybe you think that's crazy. and But I, I think he's a very underrated player on a team that's getting better. Um. So if you need a guy to stash as depth, I think a guy like Nicky Lopez is great. Anyway, hope you have a great day. Hope you learned something. Thanks.